a dark and stormy cask heads. Lightning flashes in the distance. That was the flash of lightning. Okay. It's a flash, it's not a sound. Oh. Thunder crackles. A little cask goes down an empty alleyway. A pumpkin on its head, lit up where it's... The top of the barrel should be. Someone's hiding in a bathroom, and you see the perspective from them cowering the way, and a, a cask breaks down the door, and it goes, here's the cask whisperer. Uh... A cask wearing a hockey mask. Cask with a load of pins in it. Cask with loads of pins in it. Uh, a little creepy dummy cask on like a tiny little tricycle and they all have to work together but no one ever works together and then there's always one survivor and we'll call it cask. And there'll be eight of them. <laughs> what about the one the one cask that's kept in the cell away from society? <clears throat> and they have to ask for it its advice and it's there and it's like quid pro quo Clarice. <laughs> It's got a little grill going on. Yeah. Uh, and and then there's a prequel series that comes out and the cask is like, oh, I'd love to have you for whiskey. <laughs> so welcome to Cask Heads. In case you haven't guessed, it's the Halloween episode. And that's why we're on time. Actually on time because I've been bugging and bugging you to make sure there's a Halloween episode. To be fair, I've been very busy. We're back to our regular planned episode schedule of bi-weekly and not whatever that last gap was. We had chaos at the Caskhead Studios as work, work and more work got in the way. Not to mention, we do like to sleep occasionally. Yeah, the last episode was rushed a bit and we do actually apologise for that. It's just the situation we were in at the moment. Um, it wasn't up to our usual standards, I know that. But it was very well done with the equipment and time that we had available to us, I think. So, Halloween episode 2. It's upon us and I think what everyone needs to know is, is the Cask Whisperer going to strike again? Strike? He's not a bad guy. Oh, that's not what J. Jeremy Jameson wants us to believe. Oh my gosh. Get me pictures of the Cask Whisperer. Important question I think we do need to get cleared up. Is the Cask Whisperer human? Not human? A cryptid, perhaps? The Cask Whisperer is absolutely a cryptid. Uh, yeah. So, being serious now, after a little, a little goof, gotta get it out there. Gotta get it out of your system. There's no goofing about Halloween. I've put Not my pumpkin spoopy, fairy lights spooping? up. All spoopy is serious spoop. My pumpkin fairy lights are up. It's foggy Not sometimes. On, They're not on. No, you're right. I didn't want to make it too scary in here. I, or I could have lit my ghost candle, my pumpkin candle, my graveyard candle, my other Halloween candle, my other Halloween candle. And then you look at each one and you go, you just got lit up. Nice. You know what? I actually haven't uh, used my... Uh, pumpkin uh, Halloween candles this year yet. I think I've just not been feeling the Halloween vibes. I know. I think it's because it's so mild this October. It, It's freezing. Like, recently it's turned cold, but like the start of October was very mild. I've essentially been dying of hypothermia. Well, yes, but this is you. Okay, so, on to the Cascade side of this episode. Oh, we're still doing that? <laughs> I think we might get one or two more episodes out of this. You yeah. know, really wring the towel out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how much whiskey is there, really? That's the problem. A lot. Eventually we'll run out. I reckon there's probably like three more bottles left. Distilling's been around for a long time, and a lot of distilleries have seen their fair share of events, so why not look at some of the spookier stories I thought <gasps> would be the best way to go for today? Haunted distilleries? 
Last time we did... Um... Now, yes, that's true. Recapping, do you remember what we did? A wolf, right? A wolf? Wasn't... Last Halloween. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Sherlock. <laughs> I was like, there was a wolf on the mire, right? <laughs> You're actually correct. Oh, I am actually we, correct. We did where yeah. we talked about Kabokan's spirit because the last wolf of Scotland was supposedly killed there and it's, it's spirit haunts. That's right. I was right. I wasn't mixing it with Sherlock Holmes no, law. you were correct. Nice. And also, our seasonal episode for around about the Christmas time period was actually also kind of a Halloween-y one because we had uh, we talked about the ghost of a Spanish lady who came across in a sherry barrel oh, yeah. to the Glendronach Distillery, and she, she stays there to this day, apparently. And we also talked about werewolves, which I think everyone knows are, in fact, seasonally appropriate for that time. Wasn't that Wolfburn with werewolves? No, it was Glendronach. Oh, Same episode. Wolfburn was definitely the sea wolves, though, right? Wolfburn was sea wolves, yeah. not werewolves. That's, honestly, I didn't know we hadn't expanded from sea wolves to were sea wolves to were mercy wolves. Well, no, sea wolves are the nautical branch of werewolves. Everyone knows that. Because you can have regular Joe werewolves just on submarines. <laughs> They're wolves, but they can only swim on a full moon. <laughs> <laughs> like they're in the middle of the ocean and a cloud comes along and they're like, oh no. <laughs> I've made a mistake. So where to next? We've, like I say, we did those. Now, I looked up some stories about ghost stories. Um, did you scare yourself? Oh, all the time. I gave myself the shivers. Ooh. I had to reach for my comfort hot chocolate. Now, reaching for your comfort hot chocolate implies that you have it prepared at any one point in case you get scared. It's like someone jumps out, you're like, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> Have a little sippy cup of coffee. It's very good thermos. So yes, I looked at other kind of like famously haunted distilleries, and apparently Glenrothes Distillery has a haunting, and Jora Distillery has oh. two ghosts. You know, apparently. I think that's greedy. Did you look into any other famous hauntings, or just the famous ones? I was, I was thinking what to do, but I thought, you know what, no, we went with ghosts... Last year for the wolf and the year before, uh, and not the year before, sorry, the uh, the seasonal episode with, um, we had the ghost of a Spanish lady. So I thought let's let's broaden the search a little bit. Yeah, let's stop dumping on ghosts. So then I found out about the um, the time that a German professor came over and he helped out at a distillery and he ended up raising the casks up into the <laughs> into the middle of a lightning storm and he's this is alive. <laughs> I was a. About to interrupt you with a Frankenstein joke. <laughs> Head distiller, Victor von Frankenstein. So I chose Bowmore Distillery on Isla. Now, Isla was a toughie because I know about the Bowmore one that I'm going with, but I also know there's a really fun tale of a beast that lurks in Loch Ugedale for the, with the Arbeck Distillery. And uh, the beast looks a lot like... Imagine a skeleton with a deer head and antlers. Okay, so... Bowmore Distillery, um, let's go through the boring, like, actual history stuff, and then we'll speculate all we want on, on the uh, the lore. I'm going to speculate that they're not a distillery. It's all an illusion. Only when the fog rolls in do you see them. <laughs> so, founded in 1779 on the island of Isla. <sighs> now, I know what you're thinking, Luke. You being the masterful person that you are with all that we've been learning so far, you're going to say, well, hang on, 1779, that's, that's pre 1823, which is when the licensing act came into of what is whiskey and things. And that's why a lot of distilleries are licensed 1823 onwards. But this is 1779. Some time shenanigans are going off. 
Honestly, it scares me how much you just take the words out of my mouth. I was about to say... I actually physically reached in and just yeah, pulled them out. Yeah, it made me need to cough, actually. Yeah, I almost sneezed on your hand. Um, I appreciate that you didn't. Thank you, welcome. Uh, so clearly what you're telling me is this distillery not only has a monster cryptid thing, but also a time-traveling machine. Oh, yes. We can establish that the Bonemore certainly has a time-traveling machine. My question is, my question is, what kind of, are we thinking, Doc? Brown. Well done for Back to the Future. <sighs> Good call. I want to say Doc Brown. I, I wanted to say it instantly, but I was so worried if it was wrong. I mean, you could Doc have gone Brown. with Doctor Who and just wrap that off. <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> it's like Doc. Um. I don't know Doctor Who. I forgot about him. Or, of course, H.G. Wells classic. I was going to say all classic H.G. Wells time travel. Plus any permutation in between. Well, we'll have to find out for another day. We're going to have to break into the distillery and find the secret time travel machine. Yeah, excuse me, officer. Okay, we're not actually stealing whiskey. We're just here to find this time travel machine. Don't worry. And also the cryptid. So, David Simpson, who was the owner... <laughs> sounds like the most, like, <laughs> fake name possible. Like, hi, I'm David Simpson. Sure you are. This is before the Simpsons cartoon, so I think it's a legitimate name. I think it's a legitimate name anyway. <laughs> he was actually almost certainly distilling before this date. Um, but the distillery itself reportedly came about... Around about sixteen, uh, sorry, around about seventeen sixty-eight. So the kind of got officially registered seventeen seventy-nine. Now this brings up an important point: you were able to get registered, but the eighteen twenty-three act made it a lot more feasible for a lot more people. If that mm. makes sense. So there was distilling before then. Um, I'm sure we did talk about this. I'm just double checking the bases right now. But uh, to actually get an official license, it was a lot harder than it became in eighteen twenty-three. Um, I mean, seventeen seventy-nine is quite an early date for the for distilleries to still be around today. However, um, going back to a previous call, Bush Mills, which you know we've talked about, their earliest uh, records of distilling at the area of Bush Mills is 1608. So that predates it by a lot. Wow. Um, because time's weird. and I don't trust it. A lot of the time it moves in a linear kind of path, but I'm pretty sure sometimes, particularly this last year with COVID and everything, time does move differently than the linear path sometimes as well. So... One of the things about them being founded in 1779 is that obviously their 200th birthday was, doing some quick maths, 1979, which is a random age. But within the last few years, within the last 10 years certainly, um, both Ardbeg and Lagavulin celebrated their 200th anniversaries and they made a very big deal out of it. You got special bottlings and things. But the fact that Beaumont beat them by such an, an amount, and it was like back in the 70s, the end of the 70s, beginning of the 80s, that's a wild thing. Beaumont's there like, you kid, get off my lawn. It's like, yeah, you reach 200. Talk to me when you get to my age. So another fun thing about Beaumont is the distillery itself actually has its own floor maltings, which is... Okay, okay. Serious answer. The It'll be about malting barley mm-hmm. on their floor. Not mm-hmm. on the floor, but like on, on the floor. Like not on the actual floor, but like this is the whiskey floor. This is the floor of our whiskey. Uh, Clarification, please. If they're malting it on the floor but not the actual floor, what are they malting it on? The malting devices. Um, no, they, they quite literally turn the barley on the, on the floor. Oh, dang it. I thought that would be dumb. But yeah, it's, it's an old-fashioned way that distillers used to do it. Um, not a lot of distilleries at all still do this in Scotland. No, Springbank's the, the footprints. One... Sorry? Think of the footprints on the barley. Well, you got that side. You have little booties. Oh, um, yeah. Springbank's one that always springs to mind. 
um, but uh, Kilhomenar, they also do a bit of floor malting. And um, the thing is, whenever distillers kind of do their own in-floor malting, I don't know of any that... Well, no, Springbank does do all their own maltings. That's not true, but they don't run at 100%. So they have to... Um, if you're running at 100% and you have your floor maltings, it's usually only around about 20 to 30% of your actual yield you can produce in most distillery sizes today. Because obviously distilling back then would have been a lot smaller or more um, kind of in-house situation. So doing your own maltings wasn't too bad. But like the sheer like kind of like production, like when you think about the sheer scale of Glenfiddich, doing their own floor maltings would be ridiculous. It would, it would be. Wow. I mean, they get like multiple lorries a day bringing their malt in. Now, what's important is that both the floor malted barley and the barley that they buy in is um, it's actually brought in from Simpsons maltings as well. Uh, but it's all petered to 25 parts per million, which brings it to about... Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly half of Ardbeg, because Ardbeg's 50 parts per million. So, Bowmore's a lovely kind of middle ground for your peachy whiskies. If you're looking for a step up from Talisker's or Ben Romax or Kabokan, um, and you want to have that little bit of a, a, an increase without hitting, uh, sorry, without hitting your Lafroy Ardbeg kind of levels, Bowmore's a lovely kind of inclement. inclement. Um, importantly, they also store their casks. This is where we're getting towards the area of Cask Whisperer area, so just stay <gasps> on the edge of your seat. Okay. They store their casks in two Dunnage warehouses, which I'm sure you can explain to me what a Dunnage warehouse style is. Uh, well, a warehouse is where you store things. A Dunnage warehouse is actually an old style. Um, it's how, again, whiskey used to be matured. Uh, they only store them kind of like too high, and it's all kind of nice earthen floors. It's very cold and damp in there. It's great for really slow maturation because it's, it's just wonderful in that way. Oh, the heat. Oh, I can smell it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cold, damp, old, and I smelt it. It, it smells musty like a, a, a gym bag that's been left. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. You, you left your rugby kit in that bag after a rainy day. Ooh, it's like stepping into a Dunnage warehouse, but you also get alcohol there. So, um, But they also have a, a racked warehouse, which is far more kind of modernized system where you can fit a lot more casks. Is that in. where they torture the casks? <laughs> you will tell us your secrets. <laughs> the Inquisition finds out all. <laughs> Um, now, other, before I forget, one of the other important things about the Dunnage warehouses is that uh, warehouse number one is the oldest um, whiskey warehouse in Scotland. Whoa. Continually standing. Uh, but also, it is actually built slightly below sea level. So the casks in that warehouse... Flow. No, they... This <laughs> 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 is like these little rats and they've got oars and they're just paddling. <laughs> they got little floaties on <laughs> the Little casks. gondolas. Yeah, that'd be so cute. No, well, funny enough, they, they sealed they, they sealed the um the, the walls with water inside them. <laughs> but but yeah, because of that, you get a lot more kind of the, the sea air permeates into this, and it does affect the maturation. And Bowmore does always have a wonderful sea salty character to it, and I think it's great. But why choose Bowmore for Halloween? Because <gasps> dun, dun, so dun. far, apart from our goofs, there's not been anything spooky. Wait, let me just get to my lamp so I can Scary. turn it on and off real quick. Kooky. I don't know if I can get it all in fair use. <laughs> we'll just go with it. We'll end on Kooky. That's perfectly fine. So legend tells <gasps> of a visitor who came to Isla. A visitor who will not be forgotten soon. No, it was not the Cask Whisperer. Or maybe it was. <gasps> no one knows what they saw on that fateful day. <laughs> no. The legend tells that the visitor was none other than the devil himself. You know what? 
I feel like everything happened in the old times. They were like, ah, that was the devil, that was. Like, every everything at some point, everything was just like, no, pretty sure the fact that your builder fell down was the devil. No, no, legitimately, the devil came to Isla. Now, as we know from a certain TV series, Lucifer, the devil gets bored from time to time. <laughs> and has to leave hell. And if you ask me, it makes perfect sense that when the devil gets bored, they go and visit Isla, an island known for its distilleries. Going to get yeah. some real good whiskey tasting done. It's true, it's true. Also an island that I might add in the past was home to the Lord of the Isles. Um, that is a source, title I need. The Lord of the Isles, and believe me, the islands have their own Game of Thrones-esque kind of history that is bloody, gory, betrayal. Oh, God. Dragons, too? Oh, yeah, there's, there's dragons. Nice. So, yes, the devil came to Isla. Now, naturally, being good folk, the islanders chased the devil and hunted them across the island. I imagine it was very much like the scenes of classic movies where they had pitchforks and torches and a whole mob performed in an orderly fashion, of course. Unfortunately, they could not catch the devil that day. Just last night, maybe. I don't know how long the hunt went on for. Depends how many whiskeys the person telling the tale has. When the hunt was done and they figured when they checked the entire island, and you know, they were sure... Couldn't have escaped, but somehow wasn't on the island. They checked every nook and cranny. They discovered, unbeknownst to them at the time, a boat <gasps> had set sail from Beaumont Harbour bearing casks of whiskey. And they, <gasps> they, the devil had, must have stolen away inside one of them casks. I thought the devil had stolen the casks, no, if I'm honest. No, I, I, he kind of stowed away in the casks. Okay. Um, Pretty easy solution to that one. Open one of the casks. Well, no, because the, the ship had already gone at that point by the time they realised. Oh, yeah, you can't send a tweet back then. No, no, it's not like you could be like, oh, hey, um, hey. Um... At the devil. <laughs> Bruh, really? At Lucy. <laughs> now, the interesting thing about this also is that in the village of Beaumont, there is a round church built. And this is so the, the devil cannot find any corner to hide in should it ever return to Isla. Oh, okay. True story. I, I didn't know corners where the devils work. No, it's just that he could hide in the corner, I suppose, like in the shadows. But if it's round, no shadows. Here's the idea. Put a torch near the corner and then you... <laughs> there ain't no shadows. <laughs> you could switch the batteries off. Oh, that's true, yeah, yeah, Devil yeah. Devil magic. Yeah, you're right. You got me there. You could just also blow out the lights in a round church, but you know... <laughs> let's not overthink this. <laughs> yeah, let's let's, let's now, not put our newfangled technology in that world. With this said... With, now, with this said... Beaumont in the past recognised this clearly factual turn of events um, and they bottled a series of limited bottlings, the distillery did. The whiskies were known as the Devil's Cask. Okay. There were three. Um, yeah, you had the Devil's Cask issues one, two and three. And so if you're going to get three out successfully, I think we can pretty much assuredly say that this is a real story. Do you think the Devils are like, where are my royalties for this? Where's my cut? We did have like a little little devil on the label and stuff. Oh, nice. Do we have one of them? Oh god, no. Oh, is it really old? Uh, it's not really old, but it's very expensive because it's collectible oh. whiskey. Oh. Um, and that goes down a different storyline of the whole like collecting whiskey when it's popular because Devil's Cask One and Two were kind of sold at reasonable prices, and so people bought them and they were selling them for quite a profit. And so Beaumont decided, hey, why shouldn't we charge more for a whiskey that everyone's reselling for a ridiculous amount? So they did. And uh, no one ended up buying this, or barely anyone ended up buying this third devil's cask. 
because it was so expensive and they couldn't make any money off it. And people often complain that the Bowmore Devil's Castle 3 is expensive, but Bowmore literally did to them what they were doing. So really, they became the devil of the story. Mm. Now, as we all know, the devil's greatest trick was convincing the world he didn't exist. Well, just bear with me a minute. I don't hear the words Bowmore or Isla at all in the Rolling Stones song Sympathy for the Devil. So I think it's safe to say that it checks out. Maybe the devil went at Bowmore that day. Maybe he had a fiddle, maybe he didn't. Bowmore's core range. The core range uh, includes that you see most often is the 12, the 15, um, and the 18. Now, the 15 gets a little complicated for absolutely no reason other than marketing, because at one point it was called Bowmore 15 Darkest. Sometimes it was just known as Darkest. Sometimes it was Bowmore 15. No darkest word. Uh, Bowmore 15 were a spectacular sherry cast whiskey, actually. If you if you like the rich kind of side of whiskies, which I know I do, and you like peaty whiskey with a bit of age to it, really is a great kind of special treat whiskey. No, we're not reviewing Bowmore 15, sadly. I'm so sad. I actually am. I, I really like Bowmore 15. Bowmore 12 is the one that you see quite a lot in, um, in well, in supermarkets and other places, in whiskey stores as well, but it's the kind of introduction to the range. The It's not quite as... It's, yeah, it's not quite as rich as the they have some American oak goes into that one. Yeah, Bowmore 12 is, is is a little lighter. It's, I always think it's a little citrusy, actually, but also a nice sea salty side to it. Um, we are reviewing the 18, so I'll get to that later on. Now, apparently there's also a 25-year-old in the core range, but I haven't actually been able to even try that, yet alone see it. I like to think that it's in that order. I, I should be able to try it before I even see it. I'll allow it. Maybe, maybe it's playing <laughs> devil's advocate. Hmm. Now, a few years ago, they actually used to do one called the Bowmore Number no. 1, and that was a no-age statement one, and it was named after the Number no. 1 warehouse. And I think it's a real shame that they dropped that, because it was reasonably priced. Yes, it was a little younger than the 12, but it was around about £30, and it was a great kind of everyday whiskey. A Tuesday whiskey. Do you know what? I think we'll just go on to reviewing the 18-year-old now. Okay, we're going to review the 18-year-old. Flows seamlessly. <laughs> Right, it is your turn to nose. Oh, okay. Bowmore okay. 18. It is bottled at 43%. Sherry? Go on. Oh, I usually I usually just get to stop there. It smells like something after the sherry. Like smooth wood. Smooth wood? Like, not, it doesn't smell of sanded wood, don't get me wrong. But if I close my eyes and smell it, I picture a floorboard. Like a good one. None of them cheap floorboards. I, I love to nose the expensive floorboards. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of a floorboard, but like not one that's on the floor, one that's like just diagonally lent somewhere. It's kind of grey, it has a knot in it. Yeah. Does it perhaps have a, a slightly curved bow to the centre? No. So it's not maybe no, a, it doesn't a stave smell that goes of, in a it barrel. doesn't smell of cask or stave. Don't be ridiculous. It just makes me think of a grey floorboard. I'm a dreamer. <laughs> An alcohol that smells of alcohol. Oh does it? Yeah. Now what does alcohol smell of? Ah, he didn't do the legs. I didn't want to. Very slow. Very slow. I mean, look at that. It's only just starting to roll oh, gosh, around. I thought you'd just done a really bad job. No, no, it's it's a really nice kind of oily... Re, it's a really nice kind of oily uh, whiskey, this one. Viscosity. It's got a great viscosity to it. Oh, yes. And medium to, to far apart. So, again, you can tell the body's really got some nice uh, depth to it. Now, on the nose. See, I get that sherry side that you're on about. I do. And the floorboard? Hang on, I haven't got to that side of the glass. Close your eyes. I'm, hang on, I've got, to, I haven't got, okay, I've got okay. to make it across the side of the glass to that. Well, a rowboat. Because I, it did take me a few sniffs to pick up floorboard. See, I get that oaky shaving side. Oh, no, no. 
It's it's um I'd say it's more of a birch. I mean when you have the older whiskies, you have that much more oak contact to it and it really does start to pick it up. It's like with the um this is a far more subtle uh, experience, but the one that we reviewed previously was the Glendalock um pot still that has the virgin Irish oak in that we named. Mm. Um, oh yeah, of course. And that was that was the one that had that really kind of like pencil case yogi workshop kind of side to it. Because that's a lot of the cask influence. Oh yeah, I do actually remember the one that. Is that the one I said reminded me of like my school pencil case? Mm, probably. And so yeah, it really has that side. It's the smoke's very subtle at this stage. The casks have started to kind of pick up a lot more of the influence in this situation. I mean, the colour's lovely and dark, and uh, it's got a nice rich kind of amber. Now on the mouth, one of the first things that you pick up is this nice kind of. It's a little rich, but it's a lot of that oakiness kind of builds, and it's a little citrusy. And then the smoke just kind of starts to build at the back, just just where you mm, you start to settle on the roof of your mouth. And then the little Gaviscon people come out with the tablets and the the, the, oh, the hose pipe. Yeah, you yeah. know the advert I mean. But it's it's very subtle, kind of gentle finish on it. Um, it's not that it's short; it's just that it's just nice lingering without overpowering. And it's certainly not the case where all you can taste is peat. Um, you still get that background side. So that is Bowmore 18. It's got a l- little bit of an oaky spice. It's got a sea saltiness, a little bit of peat. It's got some richness. It's got some citrus. What hasn't it got? The devil. What would you do if, like, just round the door, the devil just posted, like, I heard you were talking about me. I was there in that cask. It's not like, um, the cask whisperer's walking down an aisle. He's got, like, a little, little, like, uh, cask. On, his, on one side of the oh my gosh. a little halo and the other one's got a little uh, set of horns and it's like, hey. <gasps> Me? Um, what What if that was the case and the cask whisperer was the one ferrying the devil away in a cask? What if they were in cahoots? Mm. You solved it. Oh my gosh. Is the cask whisperer the hero the of the cam- story? Yeah. You see, the camera had pan away from the island to the vessel where the, the, the devil's in the cask and he like, just lowers it down. And then you look to the captain of the vessel, um, the, you look to the helm of the vessel, and the cask whisperer is there. Mm. And then they get far enough away, and the cask whisperer like, it's safe to come out now. Mm-hmm. And the devil does, and it's like, oh, thank you, old friend. It's like, we're even for that time in Budapest. Yeah, you, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Perhaps they have an ongoing chess game, <gasps> because it's all just a game of chess game. Maybe it's six chess boards all being played at the same time. Five facts first. Five facts. The devil went down to... Uh, no. Well, that's not a fact about this episode, but yeah. Um, The devil showed up at the distillery. Sorry, the devil showed up on the island. They chased them for one to eight business days, depending on how drunk the person is being told it. <laughs> um, the distillery malts their barley on the floor. Not all of it, 30%. Right. But yes, well done. Um, they have the around. They have a round church. The town of Beaumont has a round church. Yes. They have. Are they the the oldest? The village of Beaumont. They have the oldest warehouse. They do have the oldest warehouse in Scotland. And the devil escaped in a cask. I think that's five. Yeah, that's five. I count you. Know, I count them on my hands, so we can both visibly see that I get to five. And every time you're like, I think you're only done two. Well, this has been Caskheads. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on whichever podcasting platform you listen to. It really does help our show and may lead others to listen in as well. 
You can also visit the Weedron Whiskey Shop in Bakewell as well as go on their website. They have a great range of whiskies available as well as a lot of advice for you. Um, their website is www.weedram.co.uk. Thank you. And as always, we'll leave you with this one editing goof. Or maybe five this episode. Or maybe five this episode. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye. 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 And if you're the devil, please send us an email. We want to know the true story. We will tell it from your side. Investigative cask journalists. We're going to be embedded in the cask unit. (gasps) Cask-related crimes. Commissioner, we've got a hit. It's cask on cask crime. Wait, let me just take my sunglasses off. Damn it, I'm one day from retirement. (laughs) Oh, really? I thought you were going to go say, like, you take your sunglasses off and go, looks like this case just splintered open. Nice, that one's also good, like, wait, take my sunglasses off. I picked the wrong day to quit whiskey. Take your sunglasses off, show off your vampire teeth, and howl at the moon. This makes me too many bloodlines. And then I phase (laughs) through a wall. And then phase through a wall. I take my sunglasses off, I say, I guess this case has some legs to it.